Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 192. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me here as always, except when he's not his BT Callaway. Oh, hoi hoi. And returning guest, Tom Burt. G'day there. And first time guest, Katie Regan. Hello. Hello, and thank you for joining us for The Simpsons Index. Of course, this is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there is a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. Now, Katie, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And, you know, we like to ask our first-time guests, what is your Simpsons history? Where did the show begin with you? Honestly, I actually can't remember. I'm pretty sure Homer is my dad. (laughs) Um I'm pretty sure Homer was actually one of my first words at the age of one. I've wow. been sat in front of that for most of my life, if not all of it. So, yeah, wow. genuinely can't remember. No mm. answer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just like Bart, Homer was one of his first words as well. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Along with Domer. Yep. And yeah, been with you throughout your whole life. But um, have you slipped off in the show? Have you kept up with it over the years? Honestly, yeah. It's like something I keep coming back to. Like yeah. in, when it came off Channel 10... Mm. That was when I sort of slipped up a little bit, but I found my ways to watch it. Yeah. Even if it was collecting the uh, box sets of the whole, you Mm -hmm. know, the DVDs that came like with their heads. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That that. was very hard to put on the shelf and they didn't fit properly. Yes, yeah. And the packaging was really inconvenient and scratched up a bunch of the DVDs and I had to buy them twice. Yes. Yes, what an accident. Oh, no. (laughs) What a very relatable thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you've kept up with watching the HD era episodes as well. Wow. Sadly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I mean, the HD certainly has its moments, but, um, you know, and we're going to explore one of those moments now when we review Season 29, Episode 10, Ho Ho Land. First released in January of 2018, directed by Bob Anderson, written by Miranda Thompson and Tim Long. In this episode, so it sort of starts out as a La La Land parody and then it's not really. But anyway, so Lisa meets the new boy in town who's, you know, gorgeous and musical but keeps nagging her. And uh, Nelson gets jealous. And also in the B story, Bart's interested in chemistry, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. it's a hard episode to summarize. What do you guys think? No, you summarize it incredibly accurately. <laughs> Bart gets interested in chemistry. The end. Mm. Aside from the fact that it's not, it's wasn't really an A story and B story with this one mm. because they spent so much time with Bart's chemistry, which was yeah, yeah. My yeah. favorite part was when Marge literally said, "Meanwhile, yeah, <laughs> Bart's teacher says he has a flair for chemistry." It's like, okay, yeah, cool, we get it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> thank you for referencing both plots so directly. Yeah, and then read at the end, it's like, well, even though the most interesting thing is over, we still have one more bit to do. It's like, yeah, cool, thank you. I know how television works. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy, yeah. Like there were some parts. Like I think I like some of the jokes in this episode, but my god, the story is just. Uh, I don't feel like a lot happens. No, and now I might need to actually look this up but mm-hmm. was it ed sheeran as the that was guest star of this episode ed sheeran yeah. keeps showing up places and i don't know if i like it mm. stay in your corner mr sheeran yeah yeah i like ed sheeran I, i'm bald right <laughs> ed sheeran all right elliot you can leave <laughs> i know how this podcast goes i'll take this from here fair <laughs> enough all right let it go <laughs> on that i did enjoy that they de-gingered him oh yeah mm, true uh, they didn't do the same in game of thrones yeah he, what <laughs> he was he's still red-headed yeah, yeah, but he wasn't yeah, but the... ginger. I hope my children get his hair. <laughs> well, I mean, do you want your children to have Lisa's hair? 
which is potentially no hair. Exactly. (laughs) That's a deep well we don't want to go to. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) All right, well, let's crack into this episode proper and, yeah, really get into uh, what's happening here. Anyway, BT, we'll start with you, for better or worse. What's a moment that stands out to you? Man, I think, I mean, part of it's going to be the fact this whole thing opens with a musical number that's clearly parroting La La Land as everyone dances on their cars and several of us just immediately went, ah, fuck. Yeah. And I was one. That, to be fair, the rest of the episode was not as bad as that led me to believe. However, everyone gets crushed by God, and only Lenny's alive. Mm. And that's not a couch gag, so... Wow, it's a lot of people gone now. Yeah, usually they're yeah. just uh, off Mormon for their morbid jokes, but no, they yeah, went forever. This was a lot of people, all yep. crushed horribly from above uh, by the fickle finger of God, who just decided, no more life for you. <laughs> <sighs> no more Springfield. Done. I hope you enjoy your comedy, everyone. <laughs> was it God or was it the finger of uh, the tapped out player? <laughs> I mean, I feel like they would have panned out and been like, tapped out. <laughs> it's a bad game, but please pay it and yeah. buy, buy, <laughs> ta- buy some microtransactions. Yep. I, I know how capitalism works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But how about you, Tom? What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse? Lisa's conversation with Willie on the tractor. Mm. It's like my favorite moment from this entire episode. It's it's about like 15 seconds long, but it's just nice. The little dialogue about like, oh, it's an interesting pairing. Yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting pairing and one you barely yeah. ever see. So I feel like I've seen it before, though. Mm-hmm. Well, there was My Fair Laddie, the yeah. mm-hmm. My Fair Lady parody with Willie. But I will say the pan out definitely got me when Lisa's like, you close up on Lisa and she's explaining the problem, then pan out and it's Willie talking to her like, okay, you got me, show. That was good. Yeah. It was something unexpected, which mm. was unexpected from this episode. Yeah. And I didn't even mind the even more pullback and reveal of the, uh, he's distributing pesticide and the children are dancing underneath it like it's a sprinkler. Yep. These poor children. If pesticide's the best that they can hope for in a hot summer's day. But they didn't make that joke and then immediately reference it afterwards. Yeah. Which yeah. Made it Skin it in and run up and go, Willie, that's pesticide. He's like, ah, oh, no, I'm trying to kill the little weeds. Ah, although they do that later, weirdly. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I didn't even mind Willie's little story about the thistles and the Scotland and yeah. everything like that. Also true. So I just, really, I think their friendship makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, weirdly enough. But anyway, uh, yeah, the thistle is Scotland's national flower because of yeah that story. Interesting. Yeah. Yes, turning making something beautiful out of such an ugly, ugly little flower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you, Katie? What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse? Honestly, it was so tiny, but I kind of loved Disco Stew's assisted suicide attempt. Oh, really? <laughs> um, just he's he's one of my favorite side characters, mm-hmm. and his growing depression is really like something about it satisfies me <laughs> morbidly. But right. yeah. Well, some people would say the favorite thing about Disco Stew is his love for disco music, but you're no, going deeper on that shit. Stewicide is yeah. immaculate. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's where the jokes start, and there was like, okay, how can we get there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where there is no disco. Yep. Oh, geez. He's a man who knows what he wants. You got to hand him that. At least. Um, I would argue that disco lives as long as he does, but you know. Yeah, that's right. Much better than the fish that that are in his uh, platforms. (laughs) Can't get them out. (laughs) Yeah, well, this uh, leads into uh, what stood out to me from this episode. The intro of the sort of STEM conference as well and being so all about what Lisa's into, but then random boy is playing piano. and Yeah, I was like, surely this should be a music thing rather than science, 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 boy playing piano. Wait, what? It was just there. It just happens to be there. It's just good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know all those STEM conferences when, you know... Where there's a piano. Yeah, and a, a dreamy young boy voiced by Ed Sheeran playing along. Yeah, 
mm. as well. And yeah, his character was Brendan Beiderbeck, and I'm pretty sure that's a reference to Bix Beiderbeck, who was an early, early jazz player. You would know, nerd. Nerd. He went to the same school that I did. You should know that too. Yeah, I did, but that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie, everybody. <laughs> you only did the cool music degree. I did the nerds one. Yeah, play guitar. You play bass. <laughs> Blam. Blam. <laughs> actually, speaking of which, I was actually pretty stoked to see that Kearney was playing a Steinberger um, oh, yeah. headless bass, of which I have one. Yeah. Yeah, obviously there's a music nerd on this animation staff because yeah. they were like, oh, we'll get we'll Steinberg in there. But yeah. did anyone see Jimbo playing the triangle the wrong way and then he was suddenly playing it correctly? Oh, really? I hope someone got fired for that blunder. Well, because he was holding the triangle <laughs> and then the little stick, but like the stick, you know where there has the little loop? Mm. That is usually the, the part you hold, I guess. Yeah. Oh. He was playing it with that to the triangle, and I then did see that part, yeah. Then it turns around, and he's playing it correctly. And I don't know when it was like a continuity error, but yeah. like someone purposely did it. Maybe he just plays goofy flip. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Is that just the animators getting that far through and go, "Oh shit! Uh, well, I've already animated it." Wrong <laughs> bit of the stick. Maybe. Uh. Yeah. Imagine the animators going, uh, "Hey, Gus, which way do you play a triangle with the stick bit? What are you stupid? Nah, of course I know. That's a joke." Play it with a ringy bit, yeah? You know, I yeah. wouldn't put it past them to, like, this was just a little bit of fucking with the audience because, mm. yeah, they go to the detail of drawing that, yeah, Steinberger bass so perfectly, yet Kearney's playing the high strings and it's making the lower notes and it's not plugged in. Mm. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hoping someone got fired for that blunder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there's part of the episode that stood out to me, leading to Bart's whole chemistry thing, like, I thought that flowed okay. It's just I kind of wish they did a bit more with it. Yeah. I felt like that part of the story was a bit underdeveloped. This is an episode where we got to about the halfway point and I just wrote down, okay, but what's the plot? What are we actually doing? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that kind of goes both A and B plots. Well, we'll hook into more of that in a moment. But first, play count. Has anyone seen this episode before? I have not. They're still raising their hands like they've never been on a podcast before. I have seen this twice. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Uh, Tom, you were actually telling us off pod before that you'd finished your rewatch. Yeah. Honestly, a lot of season 30, I really didn't mind. But yeah, yeah, going going back to this was, this whole season really didn't have all that many standouts except for the Serpsons. So yeah, yeah, it's a little bit painful. It's cool. Yeah, no, and we are talking before as well. Banachek certainly is a experiment. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, you all liked it a lot more than I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you'd seen this as well, Katie. Yeah, I think this is probably like the third or fourth time I've seen this episode. This is amazing. We never get people who have done, yeah. let alone before. Let alone multiples. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just, because it's such a comfort rewatch put in the background of anything, I can, and then sometimes I'll become entranced by it. Yeah. But this one was just because of the whole oscars ness of it i think it was a standout in terms of that season Mm. just this is a pop culture reference Mm -hmm. we are referencing pop culture yeah oh especially that post credit scene exactly this was meant to be a parody of moonlight how long after that whole debacle did this actually come out I wouldn't have a clue. Okay. <laughs> it would have been at least a year because this was released 2018. A much more timely reference than what they usually do. So Yeah. But I don't think the Simpsons were going to do a parody of Moonlight. <laughs> no. I don't think they'd be able to. <laughs> they yeah, they literally just do not have the character base. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be very awkward, so let's not think about that for too long. <laughs> and talk about the wackiness of the episode. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? 
Uh, the trophy case has no trophies. They're all just decals. I like that. There's yeah. something about their trophy case jokes, which always get me. Yeah, like uh, they, it's evolved from being wiped out in the uh, big trophy fire. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And now it's trophy decals. I like they kind of fix that problem. Yeah, I'm almost bummed that Bart's story didn't get into more wackiness moments because, yeah, I didn't mind the rock candy tree. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of really good, like, background whack. Like, the um, everything at, in during Brendan and Lisa's initial meeting, they just kept throwing background gags in there because it's like, we know this isn't interesting. <laughs> so mm. just throw in some stuff there. Like, the uh, the baby Frink in the robot body. Like, oh, uh, that the, was uh, the, horrifying the, implications. The, oh. Ex Machina. Yeah, the Ex Machina yeah. reference. It's like... Glavin. Uh. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because that robot was in the season 28 episode. I yeah. uh, forget what it was fucking called, but... It was a piece of shit. Yeah, where they do basically an Ex Machina. But yeah, it's weird because that was the second like background couple joke, as well as Krusty the Clown with Mr. Teeny, who then meets up with a clown woman in a bar who's got a clown monkey... And then he gives Female her Female counterparts. Yeah. Which, yeah, you think that's the joke. And Krusty gives her Mr. Teeny and he takes the clown monkey. And, yeah. Definitely seems a lot more kinky than they were possibly going for. Yeah, maybe it's us. Maybe we're just a room full of filthy people. <laughs> I don't know. I was yeah. writing a note at the time. I just heard everyone go, Whoa. I'm like, what? Yeah. What did I miss? Mm. Well, of course, for our Game of Thrones podcast, we, yeah, they're always referencing bestiality there. Yeah. <laughs> so we might just be warped. Anyway, we'll listen to Thrones of Game, available on the SideQuest Studios Network. Yes. <laughs> uh, any other wacky moments that stood out to you Oh, God, I think there's something in the water in this town. Oh, yeah, everyone's <sighs> eyes keep changing to things they're thinking about, I guess. Mm. I think they do too many things with Simpsons' eyes in the latter seasons. It bothers me. At least they weren't drawing on them in this one. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know why it had to be um, little Cupid in nooses in Lisa's I, eyes. I didn't get that. Yeah. yeah, I'm not interested in Nelson, therefore hang Cupid. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't get the connection there. Unless, like, Cupid struck her... For Once him, many, many years ago. In season eight. But yeah, so uh, transitioning into the heart of the episode, uh, how did we feel like Nelson and Lisa's little um, thing played out with Brendan as well? Zero emotion. Meh. Zero. Mm. Yeah, we already know that Lisa just falls in love with any remotely musical guy with an accent. Yeah. That's looking her at, type. Looking at you, Connor, from the Simpsons movie. Yeah. <laughs> Colin. Colin. Colin, right. Connor, whatever. He's got an Irish brogue. <laughs> <laughs> and That's so does Ed Sheeran. Or is he English? I don't know. He's very yeah. English. Yeah. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, Scotland it, just got mad at you for that one. <laughs> what? I meant to say Ireland. Now <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ireland's mad at me. <laughs> Wait, Ireland's mad at Elliot. Scotland's mad at me. And we just can't go back to the British Isles anymore. Damn it. The UK downloads are starting to beat Australia finally. And we're about to lose them And we again. just lost everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought Ed Sheeran, uh, Brendan, whatever his character was, was really underdeveloped. And it just felt like he was just... His nagging just started out of nowhere. Well, that's the kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know if it's meant to be nagging or he's actually just being like direct with her and being like, y you're not perfect yet. And it's like, yeah, Lisa kind of needs that sometimes. Mm. So is he challenging or is he being a dick? I'm not entirely sure. 
Was she dragging or was he rushing? Mm. I hated that reference. There's only because two Because it people. wasn't under, it was so underdeveloped, but I still understood what that, that's what yeah. they were trying to go for. Oh, was that a whiplash? Maybe, yeah. like, yeah. it's, for sure. It's so slight, it could potentially be completely accidental, but I kind of took it as one. Mm. Given they're doing La La Land, the same dude who did that did Whiplash. So. Yeah. Yeah. I am actually kind of bummed that the La La Land parody was just like non existent. Mm. Like they started out. Oh, yeah, they poured it on thick at the beginning. So yeah. Okay, we're doing this. Oh, we're not. Right. It almost came across, though, when Homer comes in and he's like, hey, it's a creepy bar, like from The Shining. I was like, are you just doing a movie yeah. reference yeah. <laughs> to everything? What? I don't even, yeah, think Critically I Critically acclaimed? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they used to parody The Shining all the time, and then they just kind of stopped. I'm like, hey, remember that, guys? Let's let's throw one in here somewhere. Yeah. I remember the bar scene in La La Land. I remember it being dark. I've got my eyes closed and What's most a jazz my hands bar? screwed up in concentration. It's dark. But that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, she wanders into someone playing, the mm-hmm. uh, she being Emma Stone's character, and then it's Ryan Gosling, of course. The Ed Sheeran of that, Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> it, exactly. In looks, beauty, <laughs> talent. Charisma. That bod. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I just don't feel like... I'm, I'm very a... sorry for saying that, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like they didn't really ha- ever have a solid idea for his story as well, especially mm. that it just got sort of chopped off at the end. It's like, ah, he needs to move to another school. He's gone. Yeah, especially considering the point of La La Land is sometimes your ambition drives you in a different direction of yeah. the people around you. There could have been something if they'd stuck to that as a theme. Yeah. I guess. But, you know, I kind of like Nelson fighting Felice, although he definitely does it out of the clear blue fucking sky. Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah I guess that's what is bugging me about this episode is that it is out of the clear blue sky yeah. a lot of this. It doesn't... You know it's just like what you were saying, Katie, with Marge going... Oh, Bart's teacher is telling me it's like, what at school instigated this? You know, mm. <laughs> this yeah. is the part of the story you, you usually know, investigate. Should it have been Milhouse, who's like, I'm going to try and learn music and maybe that'll impress her and then actually does okay at it. Like, well, at least it's less clear blue sky. Yeah, More... well, I mean, they've even already set him up at the start of yeah. the episode is still pining over her. Yeah. yeah. There was just no good option. Like, yeah. Nelson was being particularly, like, evil Nelson for a whole bunch of it, and just being yeah. really brutish and angry and beating people up and stuff. And then Brendan was just such a massive, dripping douchebag. <laughs> Wanker. The, yeah, the, there's just no good option. Yeah, it sucks that it wasn't ever, like, Lisa, like, realising, yeah, he is a dripping douchebag wanker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was pulled away rather than rejected, so. Yeah. Like, she gets that moment at the end with Nelson, uh, sort of? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, where she just yells, oh, I'm alone and I'm okay with that. It's like, mm, but you're just yelling it. This isn't really a resolution. You do know that. It's like, you can't just yell bankruptcy. <laughs> you have, there's a process here. I declared it. <laughs> I also didn't know whether I kind of loved that she did the whole imagined their future together, Nelson and Lisa's, where they're grown up mm-hmm. and she's the lawyer and she's defending him because, of course, he's still in the life of crime. And then she's like, no, I can't be with you because of this foreseen future mm-hmm. but i don't know whether i loved or hated that they didn't do that for her and yeah brendan like no absolutely yeah she but imagined again, the worst possible future for nelson and yet did nothing with brendan it was just oh i guess i'm in with you no you're going to a different school exactly but then again maybe it has something to do with the fact that they were very obviously getting a man to play a 11 year old child and you couldn't <laughs> age up his voice oh, that's yeah. the other thing at least he's only eight he's 11 that's yeah weird. i kept expecting that to come up as a thing like he would go to this school and she'd be kind of into him but he'd be like 
you're a child. Mm. That's a very good point. Because yeah. she's still in the first yeah, stage elementary. I don't, I don't know what how American it? schools work. Oh, yeah, because... Uh, but 11, he would be in middle school, right? Yeah, well... Yeah, middle school's like year six to year eight, I believe. Right. So he would have been in middle school. Look, much like the imperial system, the American schooling system is equally messed up. I know, like, <laughs> there's years one to five, and then you're an Eagle Scout, and then I think you're Dutch for a while. Yes. And then high school. Yes. And somewhere in amongst it, you get your gun license. Yeah. <laughs> much older Seven than point. Ralph's age in this one. <laughs> oh, Ralph. That was just bleak. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those ones like, yeah, if the world wasn't how it was, this would probably be funnier. I do like uh, his first line of, I'm going to go get daddy's gun so i can put them uh, arrest or yeah something. I can't uh, under that. i can under, under arrest them that yeah under it. arrest yeah. them yeah it's yeah. uh, one of those things where i was trying to get it wrong i'm like no wait that's a correct sentence <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> it's hard to do a good ralph you know yeah. you have to get it wrong just right yeah mm. and speaking of actually i didn't mind homer being like oh they're being too quiet too quiet yes now they're being too loud too loud mm. And just right. Too, too just, just right. Yes. Uh, once again, our sponsor of Just Right, Kellogg's. Um, <laughs> it's good cereal. Uh, anyway, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? How's the integrity I'll of the show? I'll tell you how the integrity is. You don't eat cereal, you liar for corporate dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I love my corporate overwards. <laughs> don't well, even get true. me started on Kellogg's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess fine. It feels like no one has a big enough moment to really be breaking character, other mm. than Nelson's sudden infatuation out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I buy it for a jealous angle, but we don't ever yeah. see him get jealous. Like, yeah. But how's the rest of the character integrity? Is everyone behaving like themselves? Bart loves chemistry now. That's yeah, canon. that was weird. I, I fuck with Bart loving chemistry. It's more just the fact that he got really, really, really great at it yeah. instantly, which was kind of strange. Yeah, the uh, idea yeah. he'd love it for the ability to pull pranks makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But, uh, um, again, this episode ends, and it's canonical. He's great at chemistry now. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yep. Yeah, he knows how to make an elementary school's worth of elephant toothpaste. He knows how to make an entire tree turn into rock candy. He's <laughs> basically a wizard. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely magic. Yeah. So, yeah, he didn't learn chemistry. He learned magic. And also a bunch of really pretty colors in a Petri dish. Yeah. Again, well, I don't know what this experiment was meant to be. He just made, like, a Windows Media Player background. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> and yeah, just, I'm not sure what was meant to be going on. But, yeah, it's much like them just sort of mentioning STEM in this episode. Like, it feels like all they had was elephant toothpaste, and then they kind of glossed over it from there. It would have been nicer if they, yeah, incorporated sort of more of the chemistry and stuff. But, yeah. It no, is... no, no, this is still a comedy show. We wouldn't have understood any of that. But still, like, yeah, we don't really see much ramp up with Bart either. And, mm. you know, this is the same kid who blew up his entire advanced learning school yep. with a green version. Of, oh, maybe he knew what he's doing there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But, like, we, we don't see the ramp up at all. And no. there's, there's so many filler jokes in this episode that you, you totally could have cut just a couple of them out. Like, Al Gore building his freaking arc. Great, oh, but not the point. Mm. <laughs> And not Al Gore, actually. And no. it, yeah. It usually is. Like, oh. He jumps at the chance to play himself. That was not him. <laughs> well, he's good at it. Yeah. It was also just like a weird difference to how they normally draw Al Gore. I don't know why he just seemed blonder or something. Yeah. Besides the fact that they told me it was Al Gore, I was mm -hmm. like, I would not know who that is. 
Oh, they aged him up. And yeah, he looks a lot different from his future armor model of, you know, missing a body. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I've been watching a whole bunch of him just being a head in a jar. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I believe that's his truest form. Yeah. <laughs> well, it will be in the year 3000. But until then, when we do the future armor index, finally. Um, yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Not consciously. <laughs> uh, yeah, I no. Not, not if I actually saw the title coming up. Yeah. How about you, Katie? No, not for a fifth time. <laughs> that falls enough. Um, I might hang over or laundry. There's not a lot to pull from this episode, but if it's on, I'm not going to be like bothered too much. So. Yeah, I'm sort of in that as well. I'll stick for the jokes and try and forgive the story stuff. I'm not that fond of. And, you know, we like to explore with these episodes that we aren't that fond of. What could we do to change it? How can we make this thing better? BT, we'll start with you. Mm-hmm. What would you like to change about this episode? Just tighten the screws. It's all just a bit empty in between the important bits and actually have a plot. That would certainly help. <laughs> and if you're going to have this love triangle thing, put it together a bit better. Maybe Nelson isn't going after Lisa, but he's found an interest in music and she's kind of just split between these two people who ne- neither of them are actually interested in her. Yeah. I don't know. Don't make the dude 11 either. That's just weird. I kept expecting that to be like a thing and it wasn't. So <laughs> yeah. And just make with a laugh laugh. How about you, Tom? What would you like to change? Yeah, I'm right with BT there and the fact that it just needs a major, major, major titan. Like, Homer not being able to climb the ladder to the treehouse was six beats. Yeah. Six beats. Yeah, I like the joke, but it's just, you hear him panting and just, yeah, Yeah. and then you pan down, he's not even on the ladder yet. Exactly, and just that would have been perfect. Mm -hmm. But then, oh my God, we go with uh, Clancy going like, oh, fat man's privilege, Lou. Mm. Fat man's something, Lou. Courtesy. Courtesy. Courtesy, Lou. And it's just, why? (laughs) There's so much time. Yeah, I I genuinely think Brendan is the worst. I've got it written here right in caps. <laughs> so something to make his character at all sympathetic because I think they were relying entirely on it being Ed Sheeran yeah, to like, make the hey, character. Hey, it's a guest. Uh, you love those, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the charismatic. And then he just yeah, he just negs the shit out of Lisa the entire time. And there's there is no reason for us to like him. Mm. Like next page, I've got who do we like in this episode? <laughs> it, because it's not really anyone. I, I don't I don't like Lisa for being pretty crap to Nelson. I don't like Nelson because he's just being pretty crap. Mm-hmm. And then Brendan's just the worst. So <laughs> someone sympathetic. And I, I just wanted to see more chemistry from Bart, honestly, because it was like the more enjoyable part of this episode. Mm. Even that, that little bit at the end there with um, Marge going like, he'll never get over it if I ask him. I'll never get over it if he tells yeah. me the thing. It was a great moment, but I didn't feel anything because there was no moment before. No, and it was almost tying into something at the start of the episode where Marge was saying, yeah, if he lies, he'll uh, that'll destroy me and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it was almost a recurring theme, but yeah, they didn't hit yeah. on it enough for it to be meaningful. How about you, Katie? What would you like to change? Well, kind of on what you were saying, Tom, I'm, I kind of wish they'd flipped it so that Bart's chemistry story was a plot line. Mm. And then... The La La Land, whatever the hell you want to call it, thing was B-plot. Then I think it would be a more sort of rounded out episode. And then, yeah, the moments with Bart and Marge would be more heartfelt, more earned. And then, like, all of Homer's sort of funny gag things would be actually funny gag things. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. I have one more thing. Okay. Cut out all of Ed Sheeran's songs. (laughs) Because none of them were particularly stand out or anything and that I, I actually that is they existed. that yeah. is a thought i had the one where he like sings a song after being f- yeah knocked over i was like aren't you 
aren't you a professional singer, Ed? This is not <laughs> good. Oh, wow. Oh. And songwriter. I wonder if he burn. felt that burn. <laughs> oh, I just, I was like, who wrote this? Because it's not good. No, and it's, again, so long and drawn out and, eh, you made me trip and then I flipped and blech. <laughs> And then they're so proud of that line, they stop and talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> that was like what was like, I was mm. like, okay. Um. Yeah, cool, cool, thanks. Yeah, they may as well have cut to a live shot of the writer's room of just them going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for those at home listening to the podcast in an audio medium, of course, I patted myself on the back. <laughs> um, yeah, and what I'd change, I actually wish they'd leaned into the La La Land parody. If you're going to do it, do it. Mm. And I think there's actually something really good with if you're going to have this guest star come in to yeah sub out for Ryan Gosling, sure. But yeah, run with that. Even you can keep the parts of him negging her and her trying to overcome it and have, like, that guy sort of flirting with everybody else using his talents and stuff and, like, her realising, oh, God, yeah, dripping douchebag, to throw mm. back to that term. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, you know, she's not special to him. He just does this with everyone, yeah. something like that. I don't All know. eight-year-olds here, but me. Yeah, I guess it just <laughs> gets weird every time I think about it. But, yeah, I guess if you try and remove the romantic element from it as well, like that he's only interested because she's a sax player and, I don't know, maybe it's even a whiplash parody there as well. Yeah, also, well, so why does he like her? I, because she plays jazz. <laughs> because they met in the empty room of a st- STEM, STEM yeah. conference. Sorry, sometimes they call it STEAM. Yep. STEAM. Which yeah. is very controversial amongst the STEM and STEAM community. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Mm. Um, so I was just thinking, yeah, I think that maybe should have been the point is that she's kind of put this relationship in her head and he's like, no, I just like playing music with people who can play. Yeah. Mm. I don't know where you got this idea from. Mm. Maybe it's not the best plot point, but it makes it far less creepy. So I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, actually, there is no romance. No. Like there's nothing in the sense that as far as we get completely from her perspective, and so I kind of like that being the reveal that this is you know, her character perspective, therefore this relationship was all in her head. In her defence, he did take her for ice cream and paid with his credit card. Yes, Mm. that's true. That could be a date. Oh, and in this, was this a Dog Day Afternoon reference with the bullies carrying the president? I was already split between whether or not it was a Terminator 2 reference or a Godfather reference. It's carrying guns in rose boxes. I think it's like a a mafia thing. thing. Yeah, (laughs) that's where I got the Godfather from. Rival uh, gangs? Yeah. Mm. There's also that moment of just, they're playing this tense music and it's like his card is taking too long, but like, what is my tension here? What am I supposed Mm. to think is happening? Because I know the bullies are not going to pull shotguns out of those boxes and murder them both. (laughs) Well, it's HD Simpsons. Let's not (laughs) rule it out just yet. I mean, so far we can rule that out. God killed a bunch of guys. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Once God starts murdering people, all bets are off. Oh, absolutely. And uh, also, why did Lisa envisage them as a bunch of minotaurs as well? It's all fantasy in her head. I don't know. I don't know, Elliot. I don't know. (laughs) It's odd. Anyway, we are here. Uh, It's time for our final notes. Now it's time and now it's time for our final notes. Everyone's final notes. Boom, boom. Notes. Final (laughs) <laughs> Extended version. <laughs> well, I had I had a dead room. I was <laughs> thought I'd ride that. Just the album cut. Yeah. Tom, do you have any fun notes? I have good on you, Nelson. Lift weights, get dates. I don't I don't live by that by any yeah. means, but I I just appreciated his jumping yeah, with you've those. Got a, you've got it tattooed across your chest. So just... uh. <laughs> I mean, you don't live by that's fine. It's just you know. Yeah. Drunk Lisa was kind of fun, but also just very strange. Intellectually drunk. Yeah. I think the real sort of standout moment from this was the the reveal, the big reveal after all of these years that Bumblebee Man is actually two people in a suit. 
Huh. I oh. missed that. What? Yeah. That was kind of wild. Aside from that, I don't know. It was all right. <laughs> there were jokes. Mm-hmm. The plot was bad. Yeah. That's all I got. Actually, on that as well, they announced recently that they've just announced who the new voice of Bumblebee Man is going to be. Oh. Uh, Just look that up. Because, yeah, they also announced that Dr. Hibbert won't Mm -hmm. be voiced by Harry Shearer anymore. Kevin Michael Richardson is taking that over, which makes a lot of sense. But, yeah, Bumblebee Man will now be voiced by Eric Lopez. I'm I'm sure he'll do a great job. Yeah. Everybody's favorite, you know, D-tier character, Bumblebee Man. (laughs) If it's going to be an interesting one, because he has such a specific inflection. Uh, Eric Lopez, mostly recognized for voicing the Blue Beetle in Young Justice. Um, He's also, yeah, done a shitload of video games, did some stuff for World of Warcraft, Battlefield, Fallout 4. Yeah, mostly in video games, but yeah. Yeah. Who is he in Fallout 4? I'm going to guess Preston. He was Mr. Washington. I don't remember who that was. Washington, no. seven foot tall, made of radiation. <laughs> I'll pay it for the reference. Yes. How about you, Katie? Any other notes? Yeah, look, the whole thing was just a bit like, huh, oh, mm. that's my whole final note. That was how I felt about the whole episode. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Almost a scathing review, but, you know, a bit more optimistic slightly. <laughs> I mean, um, g- I gave a far more scathing review to Ed Sheeran, I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and Ed have got some beef. I think clearly. Well, that's the thing. Uh, does anybody have any affinity Ed, towards Ed Sheeran I'm at all? I'm very neutral. I don't really care either way. Yeah. Yeah, I think I like. I've just like three of his songs have been too overplayed in my mm. life. Fair. So I'm just like, no. Nah. Yeah. Oh, every wedding, including my brother's, included thinking out loud. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just. I think I got really, you know, because I'm a big Harry Potter nerd, and it was like, oh, oh my god, Rupert Grint's playing Ed Sheeran in Lego House. That's so cute. And then. Yeah, I just, I dislike Ed Sheeran, apparently. Rupert Grint playing Ed Sheeran in Lego House. What? Yeah, <laughs> what I was got, that sentence? I got, I got lost along the way there. Lego House is a song by Ed Sheeran in the music video. Oh, okay, okay. Rupert yeah, Grint yeah. is a super fan of Ed Sheeran's and then poses to be Ed Sheeran <laughs> and plays him, but then Ed Sheeran also cameos himself. It's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, we're down a ranger rabbit hole here. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Wow, I didn't know that happened, but there we go. Yep. I still don't know that happened, and I just heard about it. <laughs> How about you, BT? Any other notes? I have a lot, and they're all surprisingly positive, so strap in, because this is going to be weird. There's a whole bit with uh, Krusty serving kangaroo meat. That's a thing, guys. What's the problem? Bit tough, but, you know, if you cook it right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's quite good. My cat eats it. Oh, there we go. Cat approved. <laughs> um, Bart pokes out his tongue and Lisa hair clips it, and it was that bit between cringe and laughter for me. So mm. it's like, ooh, that would hurt, but also, aha. I didn't like Otto being like, oh, stem, I brought my stems, but I did like the follow-up of dope. Well, yes, dialogue on pediatric education. Oh, I hated all of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially, why would he bring his stems? It's the worst part. You just throw that garbage out. <laughs> He's seeing if they can do so. Like, I don't want to defend that part. That part sucked, so <laughs> don't make me. Mr. Burns has Professor Noodle Strudel, Smithers dressed up to be like, nuclear energy is safe. Mm. I, I, like, I like Noodle Strudel. That's good. I'll have that. And the monocle. Yeah, yes. Everything yeah, monocle monocles. on top of glasses. I'll pay that. <laughs> uh, one of the nerds from Homer's College gets murdered by one of those robots from that shitty episode we watched last week. Oh, shit. I didn't <laughs> notice that. I was in the background. It's like, first sentient robot. It's hiding an axe behind its back. And then it just lifts it up and swings it. And you just... Wow. You're like, wow. Okay, yeah. No room for error there, guys. Thanks. <laughs> uh, they have a robot that's been programmed to judge TV. And it says, Stranger Things Season 2 suffers from Season 2 fatigue. It's like, it's called the sophomore slump, guys. There's a term for it. You're in TV. You should know that. <laughs> yeah, from the show that's currently going through Season 32. <laughs> mm-hmm. 32nd season fatigue. Yep, yep. 
they're playing jazz and Lisa's like, oh, it's the greatest American art form. And Homer has a line, banging on the walls is the greatest American art form. And like, I kind of like it. <laughs> it's like, it's bad, but I kind of dig it. I don't like any of the follow-up, but that's that's me. Mm. Uh, Nelson cries and he punches it. I thought punching tears was good. Yeah. Uh, the one positive in douchebag's favor is he does play the keytar. Keytars. Is it a positive though? Yeah, it's a keytar. Is it? <laughs> on, on a scale, it's that instrument that's so nerdy bad, it's good again. It comes back around. That's why they gave it to Chang in Community, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I will defend the keytar for reasons I don't understand. Um, Homer's will just says, I have nothing. Yeah, I dug that. Uh, <laughs> and that is all my notes. All right, cool. And... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that notebook. Yeah, no, I, I meant to drop it. It's uh, got away from me there. Maybe it doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> it's stepping on it and stubbing it out now. Come back, baby. <laughs> I didn't mind Lisa's whole nothing could ruin this moment. Willie's walking by. Dead golfers. Mm-hmm. And I cannot do a Scottish accent. Um, it's all right. We already offended the Scottish. <laughs> and we haven't talked about how Chalmers lost the tip of his tongue oh, in this. Yeah. Because yeah. Willie put sulfuric acid in the punch because he was trying to murder him. Why was this bit in here? I don't know. I don't know the follow-up gag of, I'll leave him alone, he has an ambition. Mm. It's like, okay, but also, what? Yeah, and I don't know functionally why Lisa had to tell Nelson his voice isn't that good, then he was playing bass. I didn't mind it for the line, uh, listen up, dingus, I'm the next mingus. Pretty good. Yeah, but then again, if he was planning on singing, when did he suddenly learn bass? Yeah. And, like, double bass as well. It's a hard instrument. Yeah. It also doesn't matter that he's singing or not singing because we cut away from that entire thing and we have no emotional follow-through on Nelson mm. actually playing. Exactly. It's all just in Lisa's head again. Yep. Um, and to warm up, he he does the arpeggio with his haw-haws. Mm-hmm. I wrote down haw-peggio. <laughs> all right. Well, it is time to rank this thing on the Simpsons Index. We rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh. You give it a participant. But for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold. But for the best, of the very best, the episodes which The Simpsons could not exist without, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. I'm going to give it a participant. Like It could have been a bronze if the story was a bit better. Because, uh, yeah, I liked a lot of the jokes here. But the story was just very nothing. And mm-hmm. BT, what do you reckon? Did you just steal all my notes when I dropped my notebook there? Because that was exactly what I was going to say. I know you didn't because I don't write my rankings down. Mm. Uh, yeah, look, it's so close to being a bronze me because I did really enjoy some of these jokes, but just a tiny bit more plot and it would have got over that line, but it didn't, so it doesn't, participant. All right, Tom. Yep, I liked 30% of the jokes. I don't remember Ed Sheeran singing and there was no <laughs> real plot. Participant. Mm-hmm. Very easy. Nice. And Katie, finish it off, please. I'm going to follow the crowd, participant. I would give it a really nice you tried decal mm. for their <laughs> trophy case. Yeah. Like a genuine, hey, you know what? You tried, buddy. At like, least you yeah. tried cake. I feel yeah. like, a, like a gold sticker for their mm. trophy decal case. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they just have to have a participant decal. Mm. All right. Unanimous participant. And this will be the sixth episode from season 29 to get this ranking. It'll be joining the Surfsons, which, yeah, you guys were talking a bit positively on. I'm sorry, sorry. We gave it a negative ranking. <laughs> uh, we fi- didn't give it a negative ranking. We gave it a meh. Yeah, that's pr- meh. pretty negative. Yeah, Listen to the episode and find out. Uh, fears of a clown where Krusty gets into legitimate theatre. Mm-hmm. King <sighs> Lear, the story of Moe's family. <sighs> Forgiven oh, regret. I don't even... Oh, that's like one of the flashback episodes with Abe and... 
Homer learns about how um, he used to bake with Mona or whatever. Mm. And also Left Behind, where Flanders becomes Bart's teacher, which is a story point that they've kept. Like, yeah, Flanders is now the fourth grade teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Krabappel. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently they address that in a season 32 episode and they, like, do a chef from South Park where they assemble a performance for Mrs. Krabappel based on old recordings. Mm. I'm goodness i'm kind of keen to see it yeah, but i'm also kind of not it could really go either way right? yeah why did disney have to keep doing this <laughs> depressing mm. to, to be fair this is still like even though we call 30s the disney era or whatever like these are still the fox produced episodes so all right well it's time we move on to the teens era and we're going to go all the way to season 12 to review an episode called insane clown poppy does anyone know what this episode is yeah it's uh, when they all get high on opium from the poppy seed and get a little insane all right cool prove me wrong kids (laughs) well we're gonna go take a hit of that and we'll be back (laughs) and we are back and we just watched our teens era episode this was season 12 episode 3 insane clown poppy First released in November of Ought, it was directed by Bob Anderson, written by Don Payne and John Frink. In this episode, Krusty learns that he has a long-lost daughter named Sophie, and she comes to town and he pretty well immediately disappoints her. Hey guys, what do we think? Yeah, really good. Yeah, very, very good. Such fond memories of this episode, like this one in yeah, particular. There's mm. a lot of good quotes out of this. There's a lot of it I couldn't actually watch it. I was too busy writing the episode down before it happened. Yeah. 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 I just, I came away grinning. Mm. Yeah. Oh, there's so many moments. And yeah, this is still part of the teens era that I adore where they're doing very wackier and not as grounded stories, but it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's wacky and probable, not impossible. And I think it's one of the ones that would surprise people that it wasn't classic. Like, even season nine, it fe- sort of feels like. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's hook into it. And Katie, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? Actually, when uh, whatever his name is, Tight Lips. Johnny Tight Lips. Johnny Tight Lips. Johnny Tight Lips is like, tell him to go suck a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just commitment to his character, just even when shot. Just yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. It's such a good reprise for the character as well. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the introduction of not mm. only Johnny Tight Lips, but other fan favorite, Frankie the Squealer. <laughs> oh, I love him. I, I love just him. love squealing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Fat Tony's middle name is really Miriam. It makes yep. me feel big. <laughs> and apparently the name they chose, uh, Marion, sorry, uh, oh, yeah. was is actually John Wayne's real name. Oh. So that's why that was chosen. Yeah. Wow. John Wayne. <laughs> you just don't get it, do you? Yeah, the mob is so much fun in this episode as well. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, especially because, yeah, this is the version of the mob that aren't super threatening. No, they're adorable. Yeah. <laughs> but still do all the mob things, like hide machine guns in violin cases. Before you ask, yes, we do have pasta. <laughs> well, it's good. I like pasta. Yeah. <laughs> they're muttering around. Oh, yeah, look at this. This is, this is pre <laughs> Fat Tony's son coming into the oh, picture. Yeah, yeah right? way before. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Or Michael. Yeah, once again, playing Fat Tony as always, Joe Montagna, who's just, yeah, absolutely wonderful in it. And it's surprisingly adept at violin. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. yeah, especially when he first, you know, assesses it and is just plucking it and scraping it across his teeth. Yeah. And I do love the assessor's like, well, you won't get much cash, but the sentimental value is through the roof. Yeah. And then even after, oh, I can do this for real. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Tom? What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse? 
Oh. Ah, pick something. I'm chambered if you got one time. Yeah, yeah, go, BT, go. I mean, come on. It's got to be Christopher Walken reading Good Night Moon. <laughs> Good Night Room. Good Night, Cal, jumping over the moon. Or maybe uh, tell you again about the scorching. You in the, the red skirt. Uh, chop, chop. The fear. And, and one of the other guest stars of this episode, Jay Moore, not Christopher Walken. Yeah, I knew it wasn't. Oh, all right. Christopher Walken doesn't do a good Christopher Walken. You need to get someone else. <laughs> Just tape a bunch of cats together. Oh, actually, that's what stood out. Going to take a lot of fireworks to clean up this room. <laughs> hey, the whole intro with Homer and Bart. First of all, blowing things up and being a father-son activity. Charming. Like, Homer is a good dad. Mm. Yeah. Like, Just with fireworks. It's like a nice reminder sometimes. It's like, oh, he genuinely loves his kids. Yeah. yeah. He's actually a quite good dad throughout all this one. See, especially yeah. at the beach where they're all piggybacked on him and Maggie's just blowing bubbles in his eyes like that stings sweetie <laughs> yeah I think the only moment of sort of more jerky is leaving uh, Lisa to be circled by a stingray but you know Which, he was on his high horse to be fair I have to wonder if that was before or after Steve Irwin I oh definitely well before. before yeah mm. <laughs> yeah uh, before R. that R. became a national point of uh, mourning pain yeah <laughs> where every year we go out and kill as many stingrays as possible to avenge Steve Irwin yes the good in soup <laughs> Yep. Uh, try disputing that, our American and English listeners. You can't. You probably believe it. <laughs> Remember, Ireland, we hate you. <laughs> That's not true. My last name's O'Neill. We've made so many enemies. Why do we do this? <laughs> Podcasting. Way to start wars. But yeah, the other thing with Jane Moore is apparently they had Christopher Walken on the line to do this, mm-hmm. but like... This is a bit of rumours and speculation. Yeah. Apparently he asked for more money and oh. they refused and then they just said, oh, we can just get our buddy Jay Moore to do it. Then at the end they did something that the Simpsons never do and then they credited Jay Moore as Christopher Walken. Yeah. And speculation that that's somehow a dig at Christopher Walken, but, I mean, why would he that's care? also Ooh. literally what it was. Yeah. Like, you're just doing the credits accurately. Yeah. Anyway, rumours and speculation. Yeah. Shouldn't engage in it. Like war with other nations via podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in enough trouble as it is. You don't want to piss off Christopher Walken as well. <laughs> don't make me tell you again about the podcasting. <laughs> um, yeah, this first act around the book fair and the fireworks and stuff. It is one of these first act fuck yous that doesn't really have much to do with no, the story. Well, it leads <laughs> in organically enough, but yeah, it's worth it because it's funny. Yeah, because even the fireworks doesn't exactly have much to do with the book fair. They just sort of means to an end. But God damn, it's a lot of fun at the same time. Mm. And it just keeps up the pace so well. So you're, you're not sitting there going like, oh, I want the fuck you to be over. It's, just, it's quick. <laughs> Starts the episode out with a bang. Yeah. Several bangs. <laughs> it unsticks a draw. You can yeah. take that home with you. <laughs> yeah. And there comes a time in a father's life when he blows up his daughter's room. <laughs> he didn't blow up Maggie's. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. And yeah, the book fair is where we get so many of our guest stars mm. for this episode. Stephen King is playing himself in this one. Yep. Okay. It was cool. himself. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And you might have noticed, uh, for those uh, with audio engineer lit ears, might have noticed that the scene with Stephen King and Marge sounded a little different. And it's because this was all recorded at Stephen King's home studio. Mm. And Julie Kefner, yeah, went there to record this part with him. That nice. makes sense, because I noticed the entire bit where he's yelling is just clipped the entire time. Yes. yes. <laughs> yep. Good job, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, he's an author. The fact he has a recording studio alone, it's just because he can. <laughs> he's got Stephen King money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Mind you, have you ever seen a photo of his house? It's exactly what you're picturing Stephen King's house looks like. I'm picturing a lot of spires. Yeah, yeah like, I'm, I'm like, scared. He's got like spider web, uh, iron wrought gates. It's amazing. Mm. Now, let me bring it up. It's, it's good. Continue, Elliot. 
I will. <laughs> the players at home. <laughs> and yeah, still waiting for that um, season 30 episode where he does call up Marge regarding horror. <laughs> I do love that as the button. <laughs> call Marge re-horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also playing herself, Amy Tan, the writer of the Joy Luck Club. <laughs> Just destroys Lisa. Oh, I love it. It's Ruthlessly. So yeah, this is the part of guest stars playing themselves that I do love, where they're not afraid to sort of have a dig at, like, yeah, themselves or the idea of taking mm. their art seriously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so much good fun. And also playing themselves, John Updike. <laughs> oh. Nice. I'm impressed, considering that they can... I wouldn't say they make fun of him exactly, but they do tell him to shut up, Updike, so... Yeah. <laughs> No, and apparently he, yeah, absolutely loved doing it and spoke very highly of the experience later on. And, yeah, a wonderful get for them as well. And I think that was all for the guest stars. There was a lot of them in this. Oh, how could I forget? Playing uh, Sophie was Drew Barrymore. Oh, oh my God. shit. <laughs> yeah. It so didn't sound like the classic, like, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. It's such a good performance, though. Like, mm-hmm. so good. Every All of the moments with Sophie, like, they all land really, really well. Like, yeah. She does have very good experience being a little girl, being hurt by people in her life. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, well, no. Way, way to make me think about that. Bunch of clowns as well. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Solid casting. Mm-hmm. And it's one of these things, you know, we were saying Ed Sheeran, he sounded like an adult playing, like, a child. And this sounded like a, a child. child. Yeah. yeah. And I just realised, yeah, I must have been high as fuck when I was writing my notes because I wrote her name down as Brew Darrymore. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe just, you, you like spoonerizing, I know that. <laughs> and I also like getting high. Hmm. Uh, how did you go on that? Oh, yeah, I found it. I just wasn't going to bring it up on this audio medium. If you want to look at it, I'm willing to just. <laughs> we might be able to describe it in an interesting way. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to figure out which is the better photo the one before the hedges where you can't see the bats properly or the one after. We'll go to the before. He has bats? Yeah, there's, again, there's this wrought iron gates. With, like, a spider web. Um... I like how proud he is in that photo. It would be. That's a dope house. <laughs> I mean, he, he talks about his house a lot in On Writing. Like, it's huh. a really, really good book. It also look, kind of looks like two houses joined together. There we go. Uh, so, play count. Has anyone seen this episode before? What's your history with it? Suck a lemon. <laughs> yeah. All right. BT's not talking. <laughs> <laughs> BT tight lips. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what the T stands for. I think I saw it like on TV mm. and always remembered it fondly because I was like, oh, a relationship where a deadbeat dad tries to do something mm. nice. That's great. And then immediately forgot about it. Yeah. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times I've seen this one. This is one of the uh, ones that I'd, I remember videotaping off the TV as well. And it's actually kind of weird seeing it without the Channel 10 watermark in there. Yeah. <laughs> Something nostalgic about that watermark. Why the fuck did we have watermarks? We only had four channels. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Too many now. So wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Not overly so. I mean, they do have Krusty and Sophie riding a horse that's surfing. (laughs) Yeah, that was going to be my whack point. Yeah. Yeah. That's out of that. Not a huge amount. It's one of those ways, like, because you said at the top of the episode, this was an episode that needed a lot of note taking. Mm -hmm. And that one for me just ended up being Waves Horse Cream Board. (laughs) Horse on Surfboard. (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't want to have to interpret that. Waves Horse Cream Board. Yep. That could go a lot of ways. (laughs) I mean, the, the mob were pretty 
I don't know if they were wacky, but they were certainly goofy in mm. terms of like the the just made killer. Yeah. Like yeah. All, all the different cars and things. And like their whole mob meeting was very mob mom. Goofy. Yeah. I do love also. Uh, yeah. They say there's a lunar eclipse tonight. Should we look up? Nah, it's solar on nothing. Yeah. How they're about to bust Krusty and Homer. Hey, let's go jump on Tony's bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, goofy. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not particularly well, but part of the episode that I wasn't super big a fan of was the flashback to Krusty's time in Iraq and the USO show and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Mm. Just maybe a bit of dicey material in this episode that maybe doesn't play as well these days. There were points, though, that I was like, that's oddly respectful. Yeah. Like when the cheerleaders or whoever they were, yeah. dancers came out and was like, this isn't respectful to our Muslim hosts. <laughs> I, and I was I like, like, yeah, that. good on you. <laughs> You're correct. Yeah, you'd hope army guys would be like, that. hey, that's just fanning the flames of hatred. <laughs> you know they're probably not. But... I know. <laughs> I guess I that's hope. also whack. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess it's more from Krusty side of thing, and I guess you're meant to not be super sympathetic towards him anyway oh no not at all i also just enjoyed that in that whole section all the soldiers had amazing tans like as Mm -hmm. they would Mm -hmm. and like the just the animation of it was done very well yeah yeah actually no i mean it all looked very good and like there were like one of my favorite animation moments where the cheerleaders were stacked up in a pyramid and then the dust storm kicks up and then it ends (laughs) up looking like yeah a pyramid pyramid. yeah (laughs) Very silly visual joke to hang on, but yeah, I got a kick out of it. Yeah, any other wacky moments standing out to you guys? Uh, Homer gossips with God. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's going on up there? Maud Flanders playing the field? How really? Many All those guys? guys. <laughs> and I just did all like, the family reaction of just, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, I mean, we've we've developed over the course of this podcast that Homer is actually a God, but he doesn't know about it. Oh, so Theory. he might have actually... So he might literally just be gossiping with his, you know... Uh, co-worker basically <laughs> uh the guy who would smush people later on in mm. the series well yeah and you know being that this is about crusty and his long lost daughter a bit of emotional episode how did we like the heart did you guys feel the bumps yes listen yeah. four aces is not a gamble <laughs> <laughs> uh, just yeah. his desperate people but honey i want <laughs> well, it, he it, makes a point it's <laughs> an interesting thing isn't it because like we feel nothing in the last episode where it was like, oh, they're coming into the ice cream shop with guns and, uh, oh, we, we feel such trepidation for that. But we do feel so terrible when Krusty's a shitty dad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just finding that target material. And it's yeah. it's just so family focused and it's nice and yes. it's good. All that really rests on Sophie as well, because if she's not sympathetic, we know Krusty's going to suck at this. Yeah. yeah. So... She has to be someone we don't want to see let down. And when she is, that's when we get the feels. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the kind of thing where they establish the violin right when they need to take it away. Mm. So it's a bit convenient storytelling-wise, but they've also done a pretty good job, yeah, of building up Sophie and her desire to want to relate more to her dad, and then also her mother having just a deep, deep hatred of... (laughs) Just so many dead clown paintings. I mean, my gosh. That was genuinely terrifying. (laughs) You think just a clown painting is unsettling. Try it being dead. That's somehow worse. Separate sculptures, too. I know. She's she's gone to multiple art showings and festivals specifically searching for (laughs) dead clown artwork. Sophie cannot invite people over. She can't have birthdays at her house. They'll be like, so, Sophie, what's with all the dead... Clown paintings. Yeah. Like, oh, well, <laughs> let me tell you. It all started with the Gulf War. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. 
But yeah, even though I think that they kind of rush through this a bit and it's more about the hijinks and silliness afterwards, uh, you know, Sophie really doesn't actually get a lot of airtime in this episode. I think no. they do bring it home, though. Yeah, yeah. she definitely, like, I, I enjoy her as a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As little as we get, it's enough. Yeah, oh, totally. But ultimately, does this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are these the characters we know and love? Oh, absolutely. Come on, I do love Homer's whole line of, you know, oh, we'll just break into his house. You'd do that for me? For a casual acquaintance like you, <laughs> of course. Yeah, we definitely get more of that Homer just blindly going along with everything, with good nature and everything. Oh, yeah. 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 Everything is on the straight and narrow. This is exactly what we want. Mm. Yeah, we're sort of getting the opening up with essentially a sketch show around a book fair and feels like the writers are getting uh, stuff off their chest here as well. Like, I didn't know they had such contempt for the dummy series. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Call me Ishmael, dummy. They didn't call out animation for dummies and animation for dummies was in the background and the background hurt to look at too closely. So I feel like Meta my reference? eyes... Yeah. Yeah. I will say, actually, when Krusty and Sophie are sitting on that cliff face, oh, the sky, it looked beautiful in that moment. Mm -hmm. She's playing that violin. Oh, it's very sweet. Playing a song that his dad used to play for him. That then Fat Tony plays him on that act break. Yep. (laughs) What was that shot as well of Krusty looking through Fat Tony's arm? Was that like a Mrs. Roberts reference? I don't think so, because that would be sending some mixed signals. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's just, you know, framing Krusty is uh, trapped. Ah. By circumstances, it's symbolism, Elliot. Symbolism. Mm-hmm. Symbols, not just on drums. I did find it weird, though, that they ended the act after that. Like, I thought that shot of Krusty looking through the arm was actually quite good. Mm-hmm. But then they chose to end it with Fat Tony playing a little happy jig and then smiling weirdly and going, eh. Like, that was just such a weird act break anyway. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, the show feels like itself. It's, yeah, teens era, but yeah, it's still... Pretty on point, no character breaks really, but yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Absolutely. Yeah? And episodes we want to watch again, we like to think about what playlist we'd put them in. What are some other Simpsons episodes you'd think would pair nicely with this if you were doing a a playlist? Anything to do with the mob. Yeah? Yeah, Yeah, just like... Everything Fat Tony. Yeah. I'd put, actually, I'd put this and then directly after it, introducing Michael, Fat Tony's kid. Mm. Yeah. Just like as a nice, like, father uh, and child... child. Yeah, Pairing. we we liked that episode, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Weird you... cameo from Metallica, but yeah, all the Michael stuff was pretty uh, good. Yeah, that's that one, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. He yeah. just wants to cook. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I'd want to watch them again, but Sophie does actually appear a couple more times in the HD era. Mm. Um, oh. But then they get her played by... More of a background character, and uh, incidentally... No, like any time they brought her back, it's like she's had a role in the episode. But yeah, in future episodes, she's been played by Natasha Leone, the Russian doll. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Mm. All right, but yeah, no episode is perfect, and we like to explore what we'd like to change. So, what would you like to change about this episode? BT, we'll start with you. Man, I hadn't thought about this. Um, not a whole lot because it is a lot of fun, and I don't have many negative points here. Yeah, let's just see Stephen King call Marge back and uh, let her know what he's up to. And, like, mm-hmm. you know what? Ask what she's up to as well. She's a person. She has interests. She's written a book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're both all, or not by this point, but, um, you know, she could have gotten him for the recommendation. Yeah. And that's what I would change, Elliot. <laughs> Good stuff. How about you, Katie? What would you like to change about this episode? I would get Homer to actually save her from the Ray, save Lisa from the Ray. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
she just she got kind of shat on the entire time. Like she went, she got her room blown up on her birthday. On her birthday, that was forgotten about, <laughs> which is a a trope. Yeah. And then she went to the book festival. Everyone hated it. And then she got publicly humiliated, <laughs> and her dad wouldn't even sit next to her. Oh, that's right. He even does the whole put his hand over. Yeah. I'd I'd get Homer to save her just for a little bit of redemption. Mm. <laughs> How about you, Tom? What would you like to change? I think Sophie needed more songs and to neg Krusty some more. But... <laughs> so basically, take a little bit of our last guest star and yeah. add a little bit more to this guest star. Yeah, it's hard because like I really want more Sophie in this episode, but there's not a lot I'd remove from the start as well. But maybe like remove some of the lesser jokes, the dummies one, and, and I don't know. There's fat to be trimmed from this episode, definitely. Mm. All right, we are here. Who has more notes? Tom, we'll start with you. <laughs> this banner available on audio tape. <laughs> I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Sophie describing her mom as kind of shy, 32 confirmed kills. Yep. <laughs> oh. Very, very nice. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, like blowing up the duff crate coming in and yeah. that actually being a, a sad thing is like, oh, okay, so you, you're fine with the alcohol. Yeah, but the say, cheerleaders? That would also be an insult to their Muslim hosts. Yes, yeah, uh, I'm glad someone brought that up. <laughs> neither of these, no, both of these things are not haram. Like, mm. what are you doing? And also, oh, just, I absolutely freaking love and totally empathize with Krusty's, I thought I was on. When was I off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, mm-hmm. yeah. I, feel, I feel you, Krusty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, bring a voice actor on to do a podcast. Just. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Katie? Any other notes? I just loved the moment when it was uh, Krusty's talking about ending the flashback, and he's like, "When I came to, she was gone, and the war had been over for eight months." <laughs> yeah. Was he unconscious like, for eight months? In the just desert. In the desert. <laughs> Maybe Krusty. I choose to believe guy. he like full on went like Jesus, forty days, forty yeah. nights, yeah. like through the desert, has no rec- recollection of it. Mm-hmm. Wow, Krusty, well, this new savior. Yeah, or. Uh, you know, fear and loathing. He just wakes up in a hotel room wearing an alligator <laughs> tail. I was like, what happened? <laughs> Absolutely. Was that all your notes? Yeah. How about you, BT? Oh, a whole bunch, as always. Santa's little helper has his little doghouse blown up, and then he just kind of hides in the, uh, the the blueprints. <laughs> the voice acting on that dog was, like, oh, heartbreaking. <laughs> Thank you very much, Frank Welker. Uh, yeah, the whole Joylight Club. Jeez, damn, that bit kills. <laughs> just You couldn't have got it more wrong. <laughs> wrong, wrong. Yep. Um, the Octopus water skiing, I think, is just a good little Apu background joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, the little montage with all the fathers and their kids. And hmm. uh, the Flanders one was a bit uncomfortable, though. It's like, oh, that castle's looking a bit too Roman. How should I punish myself, Daddy? It's like, what? Mm, nope. Moving on from that real quick. Mm. Uh, yeah, Homer has a line of, I wouldn't trade a fatherhood for anything, except for some mag wheels. That'd be sweet. <laughs> Such a child. (laughs) (laughs) Mag wheels are pretty nice. I do love, uh, my daughter's so smart. I tried that whole, you know, got your nose, didn't fool her for a moment. My uncle still has my nose. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God, I just realized I'm an uncle. I can start taking noses soon. (gasps) Oh, my God. You mean you don't have them? No, I haven't. They've not been, like, aware enough of their own face. (laughs) Came here to chew bubble gum and take noses. (laughs) Yeah. Had them all out of gum. It's a weird card game. They've got Snake, Moe, Fat Tony, Krusty, and Homer. (laughs) And the appraiser. And And the the appraiser. Just hanging out for any valuables. Where, yeah... Rounds of two grand are not unusual. Like yeah, <laughs> that's that's a pretty wealthy crowd, though. Like I mean, except for Homer and Mo and Snake. 
Well, I mean, I could Snake's buy a got snake. the life of crime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Snake's got the life of crime. Mo can put the bar up as collateral, and Homer's got stupid money because yeah, he true. doesn't. Yeah. yeah. He does often luck into money. Yeah. Uh, the ukulele is the thinking man's violin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elliot has a ukulele player. Can you attest to this? No. <laughs> <laughs> I very much learned it because it is reputedly easy to learn. All right. You heard it here first, folks. No. And, yeah. Elliot, as a trained bass player, will tell you, yeah, it's it's easy. <laughs> right. So is bass. What you're saying is instead of mocking you earlier for playing bass, I should have mocked you for playing ukulele. Relentlessly, for both <laughs> instruments. I have not picked good instruments. Do you have uh, a third one we can make fun of? The jug? Uh, I found uh, my old ocarina when I was cleaning up and mm-hmm. I learned to play the first part of Zelda's lullaby. That's mm. pretty dorky. Ocarina's <laughs> tough, though. <laughs> well, it's tough, but it's also just basically an oval recorder. Yeah, and recorders do suck. Um, that they do. Homer's line of, ah, oh, Marge, can I play devil's advocate here? And just <laughs> smash cut to pinball. So beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I, I eternally love Homer's line of, if I know Fat Tony, which I don't, yeah. <laughs> he'll be so distracted during his hosting duties, we can sneak in. And it's quick, but I do quite like of Homer just, hey, I have a plan, cuts to the, you know, a shot of the, the air duct, and then Homer's <laughs> butt is just stuck in on the air duct. Well, that didn't work. Oh, uh, I love it. And just... final lo- note is also the final bit of, I said I was sorry. Oh, well, I said, sorry, you're all such jerks. <laughs> wow, Homer gets a lot of fun in this episode. He really does. Oh, yeah. And, um, and yeah, my final notes, don't often talk about the couch gag, but this one really dates the episode of having a Matrix reference. Um, I love the Dr. Nick sketch as well. With my diet, you can uh, eat anything you want, whenever you want. And you'll lose weight? Sure, why not? It's, maybe it's a free country. <laughs> he Very just said good. it was a diet. He didn't say anything else. Uh, the title of Krusty's book is Your Shoes Are Too Big to Kickbox God. <laughs> that feels like a reference we don't get. Homer just passing the time singing a whim away, a whim away. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> so good. And yeah, you said all the other notes that I had written down, so it must be time to rank this thing. Yeah. BT, go first. Man, I'm right on that Gilver border because I did have a lot of fun with this one, but then I kind of noticed none of them will laugh out loud. But then I was just because I'd already written them down. Mm. Um. I'm going to do my patented thing of saying both and seeing which one feels true. I give this episode a silver. I give this episode a gold. Yeah, I'm going to go with gold. It genuinely feels like it belongs there. It feels like it's the highest score than I was expecting, but I can't think of anything I particularly want to change. It's got a great load of quotable moments, and the story actually has heart. I mean, it's very efficient heart that we could have done a little bit more, but uh, yeah. Yeah, not quick and rushed, efficient. Mm. Tom, what do you reckon? Oh, Lord, I've been thinking silver this entire time, but also in comparison to what, you know? Mm. So, And what does one base his response? Yeah, uh, I think because this isn't my first rodeo and it Mm -hmm. was my gut response, I'm going to go with silver, even though I can't can't think about what exactly puts it there. I think it's just a gut vibe. I I always say trust the heart guts. They know what they want. They'll lead you to promise the heart guts because I love I love this episode. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's a shiny silver for me, but it's not quite there. Mm-hmm. All right, how about you, Katie? I gotta go gold. It was just flawless performances, including not Christopher Walken, and <laughs> really like I did have laugh out loud moments. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah, where would we be without? Don't make me tell you about the scorching. <laughs> 
Yeah, this is a similar thing for me, but yeah, yeah I am going to go down to Silver and yeah, maybe it is just sort of the storytelling in this one where I sort of technically see, but even though it's such a fun time, but Silver's still great, you mm. know, it's, it's, it's sort of a weird catch-all for those, you know, not quite excellent episodes, which... Yeah, I think it's just that I've yeah, built up a lot of basic comparison. But yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree with the gold ranking anyway. And yeah. it made my decision a lot it's, easier. It's one of those mm. things where intellectually I know I should probably go with the silver, but you know, the heart wants what it wants. Yeah. And the guts mm-hmm. too. And the heart guts. Yep. All right. And that's uh, two golds and two silvers, but on this podcast we average up because we're nice. So this will be a dull gold. Mm. This will be, oh, there's a few of them. This will be the sixth episode from season 12 to get a dull gold. It'll be joining Treehouse of Horror 11, A Tale of Two Springfields, where the Who come to town. Mm. Worst episode oh. ever where comic book guy and Agnes Skinner hook up <laughs> and it's not a bad episode. Oh, God, it's great. <laughs> also, Tennis the Menace, another underrated one in my opinion. And New Kids on the Black where Bart and the other kids make a boy band. Yeah, It's also oh. got to be one of like a dozen times that I've ranked higher than you. <laughs> yeah, no, especially for the teens era yeah. as well. What's that going on? I don't know. I haven't counted. I don't do the work here. You're becoming nice man, Calloway. Maybe I am, Elliot. Maybe I fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) That's my dude. All right. Now we have done the teens era, so we are going to the classic era. And oh my God, I'm looking forward to this one. We're going to watch an episode called Marge on the Lamb. Who knows what this episode's about? Yes. Marge rides a lamb. You got it. I know. (laughs) Its name is Fluffy and it shears itself. Reference to the first episode we watched. All right, we'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched our classic and final episode of the evening, and my gosh, what a classic it was. Season 5, Episode 6, Marge on the Lamb. First released in November of 1993, it was directed by Mark Kirkland, written by Bill Canterbury. In this episode, you should all know this one, this is the one where Marge and Ruth Powers hang out for a couple of nights of fun and excitement and a police chase. Mm. Hey y'all, what do we think? Amazing. Uh, Yeah, so good. And the children are pink-cheeked and robust. <laughs> what is this opening bit? <laughs> right? Oh. Yeah, it 100% feels like a reference I don't get, and yet I still kind of love it. I know it's a vague allusion to PBS, their public broadcasting service, which often does, yeah, donation drives. Mm. Oh, the drive I completely get. It's just this particular kind of slow-talking, mm. making kind of jokes that everyone's really reacting to, and The Simpsons are just dead, like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I also liked how his like his performance style was, I need to get louder, so I'll just get closer to the microphone mm. for this part. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll talk quieter. It's what we call NPR voice. And the uproarious up laughter <laughs> <laughs> for all that. And he was reading from a notebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird for an episode this high-paced and exciting and where so much happens that it starts out with this well, it utter crawl. Starts in classic Simpsons style, The Simpsons watching TV. That's it. And yeah. I do love the public broadcast show of, like, Edward the Penitent. I'm really, 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 really sorry. I'm afraid sorry's not going to cut it with this poop. Oh. <laughs> classic oh, oh. Yeah. neck tug Ooh. playlist. All right, let's hook into the questionnaire and get into why this episode fucking ruled. Katie, we'll start with you this time. For better or worse, what's the moment that stands out to you? Well, it's just in my mind at all times. The ballet. (laughs) (laughs) The scene starts moving away and fading him out as well, and he's still doing it. (laughs) 
It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Homer is such an utter child in this episode. <laughs> uh, but beautifully so. But I love how, like, this must be a common misconception, at least amongst men anyway. Yeah, that... men in Springfield, because, yeah, Lenny has the same one. Ah, I'm going to see the little bear in the little car, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely wonderful. How about you, Tom? What's a moment that stands out to you, for better or worse? Oh, just like the, the tableau of Mayor Quimby and Marge dancing. Mm. He's just covered in handprints and then just doing like the same dance move just over and over again. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. I like seeing Marge have fun, even if she mm. has no idea what she's doing. I'm here with my er, uh, nephews. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, Marge attending a rave. Mm. I think this is going to be a playlist of one if with that category. <laughs> and like a nice. 90s rave specifically. Yeah. Like, yeah. they don't rave like they did back then. Oh, my. No. At the good drugs. Don't you think your hair is a bit much? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, like, I really did actually love the fashion choices that they had there. Like, yeah, it was very, yeah, 90s rave sort of stuff in mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Super grungy. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, back then, like, dance music yeah. was sort of proto industrial as well. Yeah, it was called the Hate Box. I mean, go on. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been to an underground club. <laughs> What kind of clubs are you going to? Yeah. <laughs> Country clubs, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Like shot kickers. Yeah. <laughs> I do love that. SH space T kickers. Like, mm. oh, I've heard a lot about shot kickers. Like, oh, my. Oh, Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, BT? What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse? Ooh, this is a tough one to pick. Uh, I think I just really love when she goes to the ballet and it's just on a basketball court. Yeah. Because uh, there's something very Springfield about that. And this is kind of back when, you know, Springfield is always described as being a small town and yet they have their own nuclear plant and their own football team and their own stadiums and all this rest. So mm. This is where they had they got the ballet somehow, but they had to put them on a basketball court because they had nowhere else. And just They play to that. They, they, yeah. He throws the ballerina, she gets a slam dunk, everyone cheers. And <laughs> the <laughs> orchestra pit is just the other side of the audience. Yeah, yeah. Still the other side of the bleachers. But yet they still have an opera box for Burns to be inside of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, tomorrow they'll fix the gas leak. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fucking amazing sign gag. Has anyone actually ever been to ballet? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. Way to be the odd one out here. Yeah, I've got family. Uh, my New Zealand cousins, like they are like a ballet dynasty. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. They, uh, any ballet stories? Oh yeah, I was in Russia, and they were like, "Hey, if you want to see the Russian ballet, you can go." And like, cool, I'll go, so I can say I saw the Russian ballet in case someone on a podcast ever asks. <laughs> and uh, they did Swan Lake, but they gave us the the touristy happy ending, and not the uh, actual realistic sad ending to Swan Lake. So mm. uh, I feel a little ripped off, but ultimately it was elegant. Oh wow! Mm. Surprised the Russians held back. Um, me, me too. How about you guys? Uh, what's your experience at the ballet? I saw Don Quixote when I was in high school, um, and it was uh, my mum's friend who had like season tickets to the ballet. So we got like orchestra pit, like oh, nice. amazing oh, seats. Like I could see what was in those tights. And um, <laughs> but I went randomly because she had a foreign exchange student from Germany who was the same age as me, and she needed a friend. So. Mm. Yeah, that's why I went. It was it was very good. Lots of leaping. Yeah, I don't really know what the story of Don Quixote is. A little bit confused, but I enjoyed it. Mm. Good old Don Quixote. How about you, exactly. Tom? I have no memory of it. I remember that it was Sydney Dance Company, and I remember it being very good. And then I took a, a few months of ballet lessons, and then I stopped, and then I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, a hell of a someone, Yeah, who's had some ballet experience. Mm. Oh no! Like I'm, I'm talking like the the ones where you're an adult and they're teaching you like the this is the stuff you learn at four. 
Oh, kind of right. Thing. That's yeah. still a lesson. You learn things. Yeah. Wall of the tights. A little yeah. mincing would be nice. <laughs> uh, burns throughout this entire episode kills. There's only like two scenes, but man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Far too much dancing, not nearly enough prancing. little mincing would be nice. <laughs> just like coming from like very, very closeted Smithers yeah. is mm. just like, mwah. Yep. Well, yeah, and this is where they were definitely underplaying it a lot mm. more than they definitely would later on. He mm. just looks so angry. <laughs> little mincing. Yep. So frustrated. And then well, later on when uh, Homer's calling around friends trying to have a guy's night out and just calls up Burns somehow. It's like, oh, sounds delish. Let me just throw some jeans on. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> just sitting on like a white rug with chocolates, just crossing his ankles back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> he knows how to live. I know. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah, what is this night that he's getting up to as well? Where <laughs> He was just ready for anything. <laughs> he's like been playing some records. He busted mm-hmm. open a box of love heart shaped chocolates. And yet and- when the right person called, it's like, hey, do you want to hit the town? He's like, Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. And yeah, and Lenny has a girlfriend in this as well. And <laughs> but very mean to him. Mm-hmm. Lenny has a dom, actually. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that might be a completely different scene, given that context. Please don't tell anyone how I live. <laughs> <laughs> um, and God, what stood out to me from better or worse? Oh, sticking together is just what good waffles do. (laughs) (laughs) I love this scene, how they lay it on so thick. Every relatable friendship that she can see, and they repeat this phrase, stick together, stick together, stick together. And then when it times Marge to recite this to Ruth, it's just, it gets cut off. Yeah. Just drives away, and apparently it's part of Kearney's routine to come by this (laughs) diner out of town every day. And everyone was Southern? Yeah. Uh, And on the run? Like... (laughs) It's that particular, yeah, desert town somewhere mm-hmm. west of Springfield. Kearney's going to have really thick calves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you saying he doesn't already? Is it? Yeah, he's a thick boy. Maybe, yeah. It's, uh, it's all yeah, muscle. It's just yeah. all calf. It's double C thick, I assume. Yes. Yeah, dummy. Mm. Yes. <laughs> uh, West so millennial. Um, <laughs> wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? I mean, yeah, there's certainly moments of whack, but it's none of it feels like impossible other than, you know, driving into the Grand Chasm and <laughs> it being full of garbage and kissing solid waste. <laughs> Mwah, ew. Mwah, ooh. Yeah. Like, if, if five's the baseline, this was like maybe a six. Mm. of wacky mm-hmm. but everything else was just super connected so yeah it yeah. was also like super plotted yeah like yeah. point a to point b storytelling rather oh, yeah. than like this. yeah and even though it's sort of branched into you know homer and marge's and also yeah the kids and lionel hutz's night mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah it all <laughs> it sort all of felt stems conquered. from the one point yeah yeah and yeah speaking of which yeah you lucky ducks you got a double dose of hartman tonight mm. we got oh. troy mcclure in the beginning and yeah lionel hutz yes. In, yeah, one of his bigger roles in the Simpsons series run. Yeah. Ah, I mean, I think you mean Miguel Sanchez. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Or a.k.a. Dr. Nguyen or something. <laughs> Dr. Nguyen, Nguyen Fon? Yeah. yeah. Nguyen yeah. Van something. Yeah, Van Fon. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think. Yep. Oh, yeah, Homer's just resting his feet on the power sander while it's going. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh, and also... It's in Revelations, people! <laughs> That's pretty whack, right? Yeah, Kent Brockman put this in the playlist along with Hail Ants of just I- I- him just fucking losing his shit live on air. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the end car chase scene and all that sort of stuff, you know, this is where we get a lot of our cartoony moments and mm-hmm. a lot of the better, uh, the best animation moments as well. Like, 
especially when it comes morning. God, again, the skies look so glorious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do good desert sky. And mm-hmm. like the, the cars coming over the crest of the yeah. hill. Is, oh, yeah. Great. I think this is one that actually benefit from not watching it on HDTV because it's like you see some sort of dodgy, janky animation moments. But yeah. Like when um when Homer was going into Moe's at the conclusion of his bad night out mm. and they um they open the door and it's just green behind. I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've never noticed that before. Mm. I actually noticed as well Ruth Power's tongue in one scene goes from red to yellow a couple of times. It's really weird. Mm. Just yeah. an odd colouring moment. Oh, and yeah, Marge as well, when there was a bit of ADR, I'm trying to remember when it was. Oh, yeah, she's reading the note from the fireman. Mm. I guess that's another wacky moment as well, Homer getting his arms caught in the vending machines. (laughs) Or just the fireman being like, well, we're going to have to saw your arms off instead of (laughs) dismantle the vending machine. But the fact that they like really didn't look like firemen, they just looked like, like one guy was wearing a lab coat, like they just (laughs) looked like other workers. Who's the fire scientist? Yeah. Of course. (laughs) Every fire crew has one, apparently. Figure out how this fire be doing. Vending technologist. (laughs) Homer, are you just holding the can? (laughs) Your point being? I love how they reprise that your point being line with Marge as well. It's like, um, my husband just used to sit around, eat, drink beer, and watch TV. Your Your point point being? being. Yeah. (laughs) Ah. Wonderful. Sorry, a bit of whack I will point out is when Homer gets stuck, both Lenny and Cal are like, he's done for, run! <laughs> and then their, their faces before that are just completely blasé. Yeah. They, they cut back to them like three times. There's no movement in the frame at mm. all. Yeah, as he's just reaching up past the skeleton arm that's already in there. <laughs> Holding Which, a can cut, of fresca. A, a yeah, it's like, is that, a, is that a reference I just don't get? Like A uh, fresca? Mm. Um, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's a non-alcoholic beer. Ugh. I don't think it, I, I don't fresca. know. I, I thought it, it was is. just really, really bad soda. Yeah, I thought it was like the AC Cola. Fresca oh, yeah. seems like, like a soda water kind of thing. Yeah. What Fresca is a grapefruit-flavoured citrus soft drink created by a Coca-Cola company. Oh. Oh, oh am I thinking of Bresca? Maybe. Bresca. Uh, that's coming up with a truck company. I don't <laughs> think that's it. <laughs> Bresca. We make trucks and non-alcoholic beer. Bresca, so liquid it. drink. Hmm. Oh, all right. Anyway, whatever. The emotions of this episode... Like, this is a Marge friendship episode. It's yeah. not your typical with bumps, but what do you guys think of this? I get a lot of Golden Retriever Homer being abandoned, which is... Mm. A, he, it could come off as jerk arsey, but it just comes off as cute. Because, like, everyone, including the audience, is all like, yeah, go out, Marge. Yeah, have, have a good time. I love the kid. He's like, gathers the children together. He's like, how could you do this, Marge? How could you leave these children behind? <laughs> They're like, yeah, go, go have a good time. So, Man's best friend, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Rock the Casbah. Yeah, I mean, he's never super-duper jerky, which is... And I think, like you were saying, if anyone else thought that he was doing the right thing, then, mm. yeah, we wouldn't feel as much sort of, like, happy. Well, the only the one bumps, that gets but, yeah. close is Kent Brockman, and he just <laughs> goes so far off the deep end yeah. on that one. It's yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> and then that very final bit, like, properly gets gets the Misties going. Mm. Like, when Homer's hanging out of the car with the mm-hmm. megaphone, it's just, it's freaking gorgeous. He's sorry he, time he tried making gravy in the bathtub. <laughs> I also just think Marge was like quite like emotionless most of the time throughout this. Like yeah. she was just so go with the flow with everything, mm. like including the mayor just being at a rave. <laughs> like, in fact, um, one of my favorite things she said was like her internal monologue was like, I should say something reassuring and noncommittal. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, is this the origin story of her? Mm? Because yeah. she—that's her catchphrase. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> so it's like, okay, yeah, okay, I can see. But then yeah. it was sort of lining up the dots. I was like, I can see that being reassuring and non-committal to everything Homer does mm-hmm. yeah. throughout their entire marriage. Yeah, there are different different pitches of mm, that sound mm. I can't do. 
Uh, <laughs> and that's the yeah reassuring but not a communal one. No, absolutely. And you really love seeing Marge get hers in this episode mm. as well. And like, I don't know in the moment as well when Homer calls her up to tell her about the two vending machines whether or not she believes him <laughs> or she's just like, of course you did. You know. <laughs> I think it's kind of erring on the side of of course you did just because like the absolute like dissatisfaction with her entire life, just yeah. like the deep slump. And then mm. Patty and Summer are just there. Yeah. And I guess like it's set up in the episode that, yeah, normally they would just sit around TV, watch something, and it's like, oh, finally something exciting to do when Ruth mm-hmm. presents that. And it's fun to see Marge get excited about this until it doesn't work out for her. Mm. But ultimately, does this feel like an episode yeah. of The Simpsons? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and especially Ruth Powers as well, her uh, returning appearance from New Kid on the Block, mm-hmm. and played by Pamela Reed. I know that name. Yeah, I think you'd most likely know her from Parks and Rec, where she played Leslie Nope's mum, Marlene Griggs Nope. Oh! And she was also in Kindergarten Cop, apparently. Oh, I think that's she was right. Arnie's mum, apparently. No, she's like uh, Arnie's partner. Partner. Like police partner, but not, not doing it partner. Right. Yeah. I think I got my notes mixed up where I wrote Kinder Cop, Parks and Rec mom. Yep. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> so that's the thing. I just take random words and I manage to somehow assemble mm-hmm. them into a podcast. <laughs> Beautiful. Yep. And I think that was all the guest stars. Oh, yes. And at the end, there was George Fenneman, who was the, yeah, the voiceover guy at the end the doing the wrap dra- up. Dragnet bit. Yep. Was, yeah. Classic American voice actor. Yeah. Mm. And also, we get musical guests from Leslie Gore. Does anyone know who Leslie Gore is? Al Gore's niece. <laughs> That's immediately where I thought I was like, another Gore? Yeah, she I... was the singer of Sunshine, Lollipops, and Rainbows and everything. Uh, it's right. wonderful is what I feel when we're together. So really not Al Gore at all. No. no. Which I feel like I exclusively know the lyrics to that song from The Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and I do like how they bring it back when Wiggum's playing. <laughs> <laughs> that is his chase yeah, music as exactly. well. <laughs> yeah, what is chase music going to be so intense? You want to relax. Chill, you know. <laughs> Actually, good point. Like yeah. You do want to be in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt like The Simpsons. This is The Simpsons we know and love. But yes or no, would you watch this episode again? One million percent. Yeah. Yep, I'd be happy to go upstairs and do it right now. All right. Well, before we do that, we're going to figure out what playlist we'd put this in. What are some other episodes that are pair nicely with this one? I'm actually thinking Marge and the Law, so pair this with where she becomes a cop. Oh, yeah. Mm. That works. I'd also kind of put this just sort of in the queer undertones of this. Um, I can't remember his name, but the antique store Zap Guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, John, yeah. Yeah, mm. I'd just I'd, I'd like that, like, Marge having friends with interesting people. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Think- well, yeah, just classic Lionel Hutz or Troy McClure episodes, mm-hmm. especially ones where one or two of them get a media part, like pair this with where Lionel Hutz is in charge of the Red Blazer Realty one. Yes. The yeah. truth and the truth. All right, but no episode is perfect, even one as good as this. So, BT, what would you like to change about it? Uh, I think you're wrong. This episode might be perfect. All right. Katie, what would you like to change? <laughs> Yeah, not literally, genuinely nothing. I would just like more. Yep. <laughs> Tom? I, I feel like we could use like another, even just a couple of seconds on Mayor Quimby and Marge dancing, but <laughs> I'm sure we can gift that for you. Yeah, oh, I'll, ju- you. I'll just get a loop going. <laughs> that would be amazing. I've got a track and I need to go under it. Um, honestly, <laughs> yeah, it's it's all good. It's all good. Can't fault it. Perhaps more of Wiggum's moonshine? <laughs> yeah. Or like that weird sex doll 
<laughs> yeah, that was the kind of like, what the was right that? way to do it as well. It was just enough for you to get really uncomfortable with it before they dropped it off. I thought that was yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> also, he was swinging moonshine, and then he went and drove Homer around. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we only just started swinging moonshine. <laughs> Assumingly, it's just wild, and you can really tell that this is from the early episodes because they can mention moonshine without cutting away to Cletus. Mm. Yeah, like, exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, we forgot to mention in uh, the first one where it's like, are you making meth, Bart? No, you need to call Cletus for that. Yeah. Oh, and oh. yeah, actually gets him on the phone and the pig mm. tries it. And... Let's, let's leave that behind. Stay here. Yeah, stay, yeah, stay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring me back. Bring me back. <laughs> stay present in the episode we just watched. We've got to stay street ready. <laughs> yeah, look, this is one of those episodes that just make me feel like such a dummy and I absolutely love it. Like, mm. like maybe speed up the start, but that's the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the rest of it is so quick and fluid it's one of those weird episodes where i'm pre-writing down a joke and then the joke happens and i laugh anyway yeah even though i knew it was coming and i'm writing it down mccann's man cans cans guy oh, just, i do like and even the button on that that took 50 cents to replace them and two thousand dollars in damage punitive damages like two thousand dollars well, it's just as well having a durry as well while this exactly. is going on i like that she's taken a little bit of that rebellious spirit as well mm-hmm. mm. All right, well, that must mean it's time for final notes. Katie, have you got some final notes for us? I just loved the little section where it was uh, Homer was like, a lot of blue hair. <laughs> what a freak. And then imagines yeah. a freak yeah. goes over a pothole or speed bump or something yeah. and the visual gag of That's it rearranging <laughs> into Marge. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. There were actually a lot of thought bubble jokes in this episode, yeah. I noticed. And, but but yeah, they're they... all Homers, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> and no one's eyes changed shape. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, and there was also a moment where I'm pretty sure Lisa was meant to be like dead eyeing the camera quote Mm. unquote like breaking the fourth wall but it was so subtle that i wasn't entirely sure that it wasn't just a weird animation thing Mm. where it's the section where bart and homer were going through the that damn card is like do the opposite of what the boy (laughs) says and lisa is in the middle of them while they're having this sort of tussle and she's just looking straight to the audience and i'm like was Mm. this intentional ah i didn't notice that one this time around interesting Uh, was that all your notes? Yeah, I literally, my notes are all over the place. <laughs> One being the ballet, all in capitals. Do, 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 do. I like the little drawing of Homer, though. That's nice. It, it's not good, but it is there. Yeah, it's, it's very, you know, doodling in the back of the uh, notebook during class. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and the $23 in pledges they made to the... <laughs> yeah, much more than doubled it. Yeah. <laughs> $30. <laughs> Yeah, I love as well, I really want to know what the lead up to Lisa bringing home the book of ballet in capital letters and showing him what it was. <laughs> Did they have that book on hand? or is Because we're still in the era I where you guess. need to go to the library, rent that, well, rent, <laughs> borrow that book, come it's back. basically renting. But you yeah. must remember the library is not a quickie mart. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing, yeah, of course Homer can get a magazine. Where did he get the hot dog and drink at the library? <laughs> so good. Tom, what are your final notes? Snack-related mishap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, just a beautiful, beautiful turn of phrase. Um, I enjoy all the meats of our cultural stew. <laughs> so profound. What a lovely metaphor. Mm. And the recurring bit of uh, hair loss, giddiness, and yeah. loss of balance that ends up him being surrendered to the military at the end. Yeah. <laughs> okay, amazing. What What's he doing? What's he got going on for him? We're facing out the games. People drink less when they're having fun. Yep. I Just, love the vibe of Moe's. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like somehow they made it even more silent when Homer get in. <laughs> like it's just so bleak and dank. Yeah, mm. oddly they make it. I think they make it more silent by just having the squeak of like the fan going around, and mm. that's it. No, oh, and just the air of depression in the air. Mm. <laughs> it's thick. It's palpable. You can yes. cut it with a spoon. Mm. Thick with a K. <laughs> either either or is good. <laughs> so thick. And also just like the total pivot on oh yeah smashy smashy smash you got real purdy hair <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such a little it's such a little cute homer thing in an episode that was full of him just being stupid stupid yeah. it's yeah. fun to smash things and his flares were impeccable mm. oh definitely <laughs> another return to fashion corner oh also the vid- the visible cringe from barney that ruth had yeah. When they were saying, like, <laughs> there's some really good men out there. <laughs> Can I throw up in your bathroom? I'll buy something. <laughs> to his credit, he asked. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just her seething and like shudder. It's, ah, oh, mm, so wonderful. And also just hold me. Yeah. Only if you hold me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always a big fan of a Homer, Homer Wiggum friendship, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that man's courtesy. <laughs> and yeah, especially like because he goes, yeah, there's ghost cars all over this highway. <laughs> He's been duped by this before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Wiggum. Mm-hmm. BT, any other notes? Yeah, no, I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Homer's flash forward where he's at Maggie's wedding, still attached to the vending machines and can just <laughs> fire sodas and snacks at people. Yeah, mm. he worked out how to do that, but not get yeah. anyway. Mm, it's convenient. Uh, I do like the clip of Marge trying to make friends where they're having like a book club or something and like, oh, we should do this every Thursday. Mm-hmm. Homer bursts in wearing a shirt saying no fat chicks <laughs> and a skunk. <laughs> it's just, oh God, it's beautiful. It sort of does lead into why Marge would want to have this friendship outside her home mm. as well. Oh, like, yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see, antique cans we've had, fun to smash things, moonshine. Um... <laughs> What a wonderful sentence. <laughs> just Lionel Hutt's like curled up and when Lisa wakes up, it's like, don't touch my stuff. Wait, this isn't the YMCA. Yeah. Beautiful. With a shiv. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lionel Hutt's yeah. throughout this episode, they're watching LA Law. <laughs> Skyscrapers, secretaries. <laughs> Look at him. He's wearing a belt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So good. And uh, I'm directly under the Earth's sun mm-hmm. now. <laughs> and that is all my notes. All right. Well, uh, I would also enjoy a Wiggum GPS that did that. Mm. Oh yeah! <laughs> Turn left at the trees and uh, rocks, and uh, when you're directly under the Earth's sun. Mm-hmm. I had a Homer Tom Tom. Oh wow! But my mum hated it so much; she just couldn't deal with it. So we had to go back to James. But would it interject with like any like Homerisms, or just literally no, say the? It was the just direction. It was like left, left, <laughs> <laughs> like things like that. Just it was pretty regular, but quite jarring. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, just before I give my final notes, BT, I need you to ask what is mm. objectively the most important question we ask on the podcast. Yes, Katie, we like to ask our first-time guests a very important and difficult questions, so I'm sorry to spring this on you, unless you were forewarned by Tom. I don't know if you remembered. Uh, <laughs> simply put, if you could have a sandwich named after you, what would be on that sandwich? Okay, I actually have created a sandwich. Excellent, I'm listening. It is, or well, I, I believe I've created it. It is a everything bagel, mm-hmm. so it's got like garlic, poppy seeds, mm. and then it's butter, not cream cheese, butter, and sliced tomato, mm-hmm. smoked salmon, jalapenos, and red onion, and that is the best sandwich, and I want that. Yeah, that sounds good. Is this a toasted bagel, I'm assuming? 
Uh, you can, but yeah. it's like lightly toasted, just so the mm. butter's yeah, melted. Yeah, yeah. Like just, not, just enough heat to get yeah. all that kind of to, to dance together. Yeah, make friends. Yeah, yeah, this is like a New York bagel by way of the South. I'm yeah. really yeah, I dig it. <laughs> it's yeah, it's yeah. just things I enjoy. It's, wh- <laughs> it's when you're in New York and you drive far enough out of the city that you find that Southern diner that's just mm. there. And uh, yeah, you can get your Katie bagel. Salmon yep. and jalapenos. It's so good, but smoked salmon specifically. Mm. Yeah, got to uh, have that smokiness for all the other flavors. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the first salmon entry onto the... And first bagel-based entry, I believe. True, that, yeah. yeah Does that count as a sandwich? Definitely. It's yeah. definitely bread, yeah, in kind our, of. In our definition, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandwich encompasses, you know, bagels, sandwiches, focaccias, yeah. burgers, hot it's dogs. It's the great equalizer of this planet. No matter where you go in the world, someone has made a sandwich-like essence. And in fact, mm. people are largely sandwiches. We're all just bread with filling in the end. Yes. I actually, I stumbled upon this. This is like a fucking like five or ten year old meme at this stage, but mm. someone brought it up again because it was the anniversary of the time that someone hit, wrote on Twitter, hey, can someone in this country hold a bit of bread to the ground? And <laughs> like he was in America and the other guy was in, I don't know, like somewhere in Asia. Yeah. And it's just like, so we can make an earth sandwich. <laughs> nice. Uh, and they did. Uh, wholesome. So mm. I think it was whole meal. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. Time Damn. for my final notes. Yeah, just with Homer just going to bash the weather station again and realizing it's not fun unless Marge is watching. There's something oh. weirdly sweet about that. I yeah. do love it. We used to do this together. <laughs> oh, Wiggum cooking the engine black eggs. Mm. If we can hold these down, we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, <we're>... what? <laughs> and then when Marge just drives past, he's like, wait, I have to hear the eggs. <laughs> Such an odd bit. Um, yeah, actually, that was all my notes. We did pretty well on this mm-hmm. one. All right, time to rank this thing. Katie, your turn to go first. I'm going to put it as a cubic zirconia top tier. It is god level. God level. Elliot, your turn. Okay, I'm going cubic zirconia as well. This episode is just so much goddamn fun. And, you know, The Simpsons, especially in the classic era, well, especially in all the eras, don't really give Marge enough. Like, mm. she doesn't often get enough Marge-centric stories, and especially ones where she gets, sort of gets to break the shackles, and it's not really about her breaking the shackles, and I think this one just does a lot. I absolutely love it. BT. Yeah, I got so many laughs out of this whole way through. The laugh kind of drops off towards the end, but by then you're invested and you're having a yeah. great time. So yeah, 100% cubic zirconia from me. Tom, finish it off. Right there with you. I am cubic zirconia. If I'm writing notes on an episode mm-hmm. and like trying to judge it analytically and I still tear up at yeah. one of the last sequences, that's, that's magic. Mm-hmm. That's freaking magic. All right, well, unanimous cubic zirconia. We are giving this episode the Simpsons Index Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. It will be the 13th unanimous cubic zirconia from season five. Wow. (laughs) um, Which we only have one more episode left to review. And, uh, yeah, anyway, those other unanimous cubic zirconias were Homer's Barbershop Quartet, Cape Fear, Rosebud, Treehouse of Horror 4, Boy Mm -hmm. Scouts in the Hood, Mm -hmm. Last Temptation of Homer, the Mindy episode, Springfield, Dollar Pringfield, the casino one, Mm -hmm. Homer the Vigilante, Homer Loves Flanders, Burns' Air, Sweet Seymour Skinner's Badass Song, and The Boy Who Knew Too Much. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. All solid. Yeah, season five was actually for a long time our, on average, best season. It got bumped down recently, though, because of uh, our less than favorable review of Secrets of a Successful Marriage. Mm. But yeah, this might push it up. Who knows? 
Yeah, I don't, I don't run these statistics. <laughs> All right. Well, that about does it for the Simpsons Index this week. Tom and Katie, thank you very much for joining us inside Quest Studios. Thank you for having us. Thank mm-hmm. you. Absolutely. Uh, have you guys got anything to plug? Uh, no. Someone hire me, please. <laughs> I'm an actor. Please do it. Actor for hire. And uh, Ed Sheeran, I- I'm sorry, kind of. <laughs> And yes, no, just no. a general apology to the entirety of the UK, who we went <laughs> surprisingly hard on in this episode. We didn't episode. mean to, it just happened. <laughs> uh, Tom, anything to plug? I hold all of those thoughts about the UK, so... <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm, I'm not retracting that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love you, Boris. <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> we assumed you didn't. I don't have anything I can really talk about right now. Um, That's right, you've got this mysterious thing that you're very excited about. Yeah, yeah. someday. Um, check out... King Arthur or a Knight's Tale. It's a game I'm in. It'll probably come out in about six months. Right. <laughs> if you're listening to this in six months' time, you're mm. golden. Yeah, yeah. Super golden. I play Sir Tagir. Yeah. I just talk like this quite a lot. Yes. Writing a note for six months. Call Tom regarding King Arthur game. Yes. <laughs> and BT, uh, we've launched a Patreon. We have indeed. Patreon.com slash Studios. This is the catch-all umbrella for all our shows. The Simpsons Index, Thrones of Game, and Pulp Fury Radio, where you can hear a certain Mr. Tom Burt in several episodes. That's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Often played someone Alex. Yeah, for some reason it ended up with two people called Alex. Didn't plan that. Just happened. You got, uh, there's something about you, just, just Alexy. Yeah. I also changed the unnamed bartender's name <laughs> yeah. in Jazz Noir to Alex just to fit the theme. Yep. <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> I read those credits. I saw what you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if you can subscribe to our Patreon, you can get a bonus podcast every week called mm-hmm. Except When He's Not, where BT's reviewing the episodes of Simpsons that he missed when we were doing the Simpsons Index proper. Yeah. Ooh. Um, but, yeah, all the things, you know our stuff, Thrones of Game, Pop Fury Radio, check all that good stuff out. But, yeah, until then, Tom, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, Katie. Thank you. And thank you, BT. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows everywhere. That's what I feel when we're together. That's my other note. Like, I love how Homer's depressed but just gradually gets on board with it. Oh. <laughs> so good. All right, and I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for listening to The Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash The Simpsons Index or at Simpsons Index on Twitter or Instagram. Now, there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week.